3: And welcome back to The X-One, everyone. And once again, I wish all our American listeners a very happy Memorial Day. And as I've been saying all night to those of you who have been listening and taking heed, if you drink, do not drive. And if you do drive, well, you're not only endangering other people on the road, you're not also endangering yourself, but you're also endangering yourself not only from accidents, but you're also endangering yourself to criminal prosecution. My guest this hour, Nation, is a young lady by the name of Lynn McKenzie, and uh, having practiced animal communication and animal energy healing since the early 90s, and with a following of 42,000 plus in 52 countries, Lynn McKenzie is an internationally acclaimed as a leader in the field. Her work has been featured in TV, radio, and print media for decades. To meet the demands of her clients, Lynn created a signature animal energy certification training program. She also offers a free connect-on-demand webinar. And if you'd like to find out some of the great gifts that that Lynn is allowing you, the members of the XO Nation, to uh, visit, their free gifts. All you have to do is go to www.animalenergy.com forward slash gifts. And joining me now... Originally from Ontario, Canada, now basking in the beautiful weather in Arizona, is Lynn McKenzie. And Lynn, welcome to the X-Zone.
4: Thank you very much.
3: Great having you it's with great us. Great to be here. Well, it's great, you, it's great having you with us, Lynn. Listen, now, uh, what was it in your life that led you to your career as an internationally acclaimed animal communicator?
4: Well, it certainly wasn't something that I planned in advance, Uh uh-huh. Um I had, I, I actually had a successful real estate career in Toronto, very successful for, for 18 years. But I just kept feeling that it, something inside that it wasn't, you know, while I enjoyed it, it wasn't, and I was successful, it just wasn't completely fulfilling yeah. my soul. I felt like I had more, more to do here on this, in this lifetime. So I, I, one thing led to another. It's a really, it's a real circuitous route, but some, and I, I was nothing planned, but it just kind of took off and. I guess it was, uh, you know, universal universal intervention.
3: The universe had you pegged as an animal communicator, and um, you had no choice in it, did you?
4: Well, I mean, I guess I had a choice, but I, you know, I just, I actually started going to school mm-hmm. on the side to take a training in psychotherapy in Toronto, and I, w- I went to the Transformational Arts College to take a more spiritually-oriented psychotherapy training, But as I got through, when I went through that, I really just started feeling like the energetic side of things were more interesting, so then I got into healing, and my goal was really to work with people all along, and then somehow it just kind of started working this way, and it took off.
3: Have you always been an animal lover?
4: Yes. I would say I probably came out of the womb that way. Wow. You know, I was... My mother tells me stories. She wasn't really keen on really big dogs and things like that, and mm-hmm. she tells me stories of me being two and running up to German Shepherds, and she wanted to save me, but she was almost too scared of the dog to come and get me.
3: Wow. What was your first animal?
4: My ver- Oh, I was begging for so many animals as a child. The mm-hmm. very first animal I had was a hamster named Trixie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, did you visit the, uh, the Toronto Zoo a lot?
4: Um, not a lot, really, but I've actually been there um, as a communicator to mm-hmm. talk to the gorillas. Wow.
3: What was it like the first time that you realized that you were communicating with an animal?
4: You know, I, I think I've been doing it all along, and I mm-hmm. think most of us, I, I, I shouldn't say I think, I, I truly believe that all of us have the ability to do it. It's just not something that we generally develop in life. But I guess the first time I realized it, you know, really concretely, it was kind of like, it it was really kind of shocking. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Stratford at a horse farm and taking a course, and all of a sudden it was like these horses are all talking to me. And it was, it was really funny. At one point, I was talking to this little pony, and I was sitting on this kind of like bench. It was a tack box because the pony was so small. And I right. was having a conversation with him, and I was writing some of the notes down because this was in the course. And I, I was sort of overwhelmed by it all and kind of just like, wow. And I stopped, and he actually took his mouth and his teeth and started scraping them across the paper like, lady, come on, keep going. I got more to <laughs> say to you.
3: Hey, listen, you and I have to take our first break. Please stand by Exonation. Lynn McKenzie is our special guest. She is an animal communicator. And if you'd like to uh, visit her website for some free gifts, all you have to do is go to www.animalenergy.com forward slash gifts. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Lynn and I return on the other side of this break right here. So whatever you do, don't go away. And to find out all the great programming we have available for you on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net.
1: Help us help a veteran make it through the night.
3: Lynn McKenzie is my special guest. ExoNation, www.animalenergy.com forward slash gifts. Let's start at the beginning, Lynn. What exactly is an animal intuitive?
4: an animal intuitive, because I do both animal communication and healing, and, a, you know, animal communication can be called interspecies telepathic communication, or it can be called... Um, really, really, it's really interspecies telepathic communication is the best way to say it. And then um, I also believe, so that's really kind of talking Mm -hmm. mind-to-mind with another being. You know, humans could do it, too, and I believe the iPhone is even working in that direction now, from what what I understand. Um, They're trying to develop that. But then I also kind of connect psychically to, to, you know, the other realm, spirit, whatever you want to call it, the divine, the universe, whatever you want to call it. And then I also do the healing work, and I mm-hmm. tune in more energetically. So I years ago, I coined that phrase. Um, no one had been using it at the time. It was probably in the very early 90s, I coined that phrase, um, just to kind of describe all aspects of what I do.
3: Okay, so what sort of things do animals share with you?
4: You know, it's pretty amazing. I have had things like I've had an animal, actually an animal in Ontario, when I was doing a communication, and she had some, she had some issues. She was only about two years old, and she wasn't eating her food, and she mm-hmm. was pretty much starving herself to death. However, she was guarding her food from the other dogs in the family, so they knew really she did want it. But she, she was sick, and, you know, after a numerous tests, a medical test they still didn't have an answer and they contacted me and one of the first things when i connected in with her which is this is one of the more profound ones is she told me it was her duodenum and i was in complete shock you know that it could you know that, a, that an animal could be that mm-hmm. specific especially about a part i don't know too much about i mean that was that was kind of the most one of the most remarkable i would say and the most shocking and it turned out to be confirmed by a um, endoscopy that uh, it was her problem So she knew that.
3: So, what sort of, or what do you see as a role animals are playing in our lives at all times?
4: You know, I I believe, you know, and and Mm -hmm. going back, just just one little piece, going back to the last question, They, they tell me all sorts of things, really, but as far as the role that they're playing, I truly believe that animals are here. For those of us who want to be open to it, they're really here to advance us along our spiritual paths. I believe that they come here to nudge us in the direction of what we're meant to do here. I believe that they are here to open us to, um, to I guess, the unseen realms, to, to more of what there is to explore in this life, if you're interested in it, um, and also really to, to teach us about the circle of life, you know, the life, the death, the yes. rebirth. It's it's kind of a sad thing, but our animal, most of our animal companions have such short lifetimes compared to ours.
3: Is there reincarnation in animals like there are people who believe in reincarnation of humans?
4: Yes. I, I believe 100% there is. And, you know, I've talked to thousands of animals all over the world, I, and one of my specialties when I was doing more of the consultations, now I'm doing more of the teaching, but mm-hmm. one of my specialties was really helping people work through the death and dying process and connecting with the spirits of their animals on the other side that's really i wasn't planned again it was just how what what sort of transpired for me and it it they've told me things that are just so phenomenal that you you know i couldn't make it up
3: so would you be considered as an animal channel as well
4: um yeah that 's one yeah there 's many many ways, yeah, I would say that for sure, or an animal medium mm-hmm. um, you know it it's the the animals really they have a lot to share, even on the other side i mean i 've had am- people come to me whose animals don 't i 've never met the people or their animals before, and um, they 're in a different country, and their animals have told me what their nickname was in this life. I was once tested by someone in Florida who wanted to um give me a, a leading role in a television show and she actually had me read I think about six or eight of her animals and she and, and talk, who were in the spirit form had crossed over and talked to them about how they died, and, and that kind of thing, you know, just so, so they can tell us so much from the other side, but yet they also come back to us and can reunite with us in this lifetime and future lifetimes if that's what people, you know, believe. I never try to push that on anybody.
3: Why do you think animals are playing such a big part in our consciousness these days?
4: You know, I, I think that they, I think of them as more connected like connected to source, whatever source is for you, whether it's God, spirit, you know, Buddha, the divine, the universe, whatever you call it. I feel like animals are much more connected that way. And I feel like people, most humans have gotten kind of disconnected from that side of things just because of the way life is. You know, everybody's busy, you know. You know, working, paying the bills, looking after their kids, whatever, mm-hmm. doing all, looking after their homes. Doing the human um, things. All of that.
3: Doing, taking care of the human things.
4: Yeah, and, and so many, and, and especially in our culture here, we don't tend to um, as much open up to the, to the divine, or whatever you want to call it, source energy. So I believe the animals are really connected to that, and they have that ability to help us reconnect with that if we so desire.
3: Can you give me an example of an animal in your life that has initiated some profound spiritual change in you?
4: Yeah, you know, I I um got a golden retriever in 1993, and mm-hmm. he's really um he he's he's now crossed over long, long ago um, about ten years ago now almost. And he was really the instigator in all of this when I really look at it. You know, he came to me as a puppy, and I was all excited about having this new puppy. And within two weeks, he was just sick, and it was one thing after the other. And, I mean, I I didn't even know if he was going to make it. And that's not what you expect when you get a brand-new puppy. And, you know, he led me down a path of, you know, first through the healing, and then just one thing led to the other. And I had to just figure it all out for myself on how to help him. You know, and um, we—it it just it, one thing led to the other, and I mean, he now plays a part in all my trainings from from the spirit realm, and all my students all over the world connect in with him on a regular basis.
3: Did you take him to a vet?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. We were at the vets almost every every week it seemed. But what was happening was he—he he, what he had was kind of a issue with his digestive system. And he was in a lot of pain and just just nothing, all the tests were coming out negative. So nobody could really tell what he had, but it was just like, oh, it was like a cyclical thing that just kept happening over and mm. over again for him. So I, I went to a vet, I took him a couple hours outside of Toronto to a holistic vet. At the time there were no real holistic vets in Toronto that I was aware of, now it's a whole different story. But yes, very much so, his whole life he was... I'm not a believer that this is any kind of replacement for veterinary care. I think it's a really good, um, a really good, you know, complementary thing to to do along with the veterinary care. But no, we did everything, and then he just kind of—it was more like it was his his role was to come in to this lifetime this way and to change my life in a a completely who know? Now I'm in like Sedona, Arizona.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) It's all because of this, you know.
3: Why Sedona?
4: Um, you know, I, I, I was, I was in real estate in Toronto and I was really burned out one April because the the Toronto real estate market is really hairy. Like from yep. January to the end of April, you make about half your year, year's income. Um, and I was so burned out and I just needed a holiday and I didn't know where to go. And someone told me about Sedona. I knew nothing about it. I just decided to book a trip there and I just felt like I was home and, You know, being a Canadian, it's not an easy thing to do, but somehow I just managed to manifest it and make it happen. It didn't happen instantaneously. You know, I was still in Canada for maybe another five or six or seven years. I can't remember exactly now. Hmm. But I got to get down here and really, really love it. It, I just feel like my soul resonates with with the land here.
3: How easy is it for you to connect with an animal on the other side when the owner of the past animal wants you to do that?
4: You know, to me, it's just like now, because I've done it for so long, it's mm-hmm. just like having a conversation, like if you were sitting with someone in a room. It's, it's not that much different than that for me. Um, you know, there's, sometimes it's maybe a little, uh, like different animals or uh, different beings on the other side, whether it's a human or an animal for that matter, um, you know they may you may have to kind of get a hang of how they communicate or how what they're what they're sharing with you sometimes there's some interpretation, but honestly, it's not much different than having a communi- a conversation with a just somebody who's right in front of you a person
3: when you're walking down the street in in uh, Sedona and an animal passes you by are you do they freely communicate with you knowing that you have the ability to do so
4: um you know i don't i don't um communicate quite as much with them just passing me by like if i was if i was at a dog park i'm not necessarily trying to communicate with every dog at the park or anything mm-hmm. like that but what i do find is if i go into um, someone's home with that, maybe someone I don't know, their animals start usually doing things <laughs> that they're always telling me, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe my dog or cat or parrot or whatever horse is doing this. Like they know you're here or they, they understand there's something a little bit different or that you've got that, you know, that openness to, to them.
3: What are the kind of things you hear when you go into somebody's house? And there you've got a couple of animals, and you start communicating, or do they start sharing deep, dark secrets about what goes on in the house?
4: No, no, no. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, you know, they don't, nobody has to worry about that. <laughs> they're they're mostly, they're, you know, people love to talk about themselves, right? <laughs> animals are the same. They want to tell you things. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. They might just tell you what's on their mind. Sometimes they have to kind of get a load off their shoulders, and they might tell you things and you know it can be in words and it mm-hmm. can be in pictures and it can be in symbols so it's not always exactly how you expect it's going to be but ma- it, it's amazing they can tell us a lot but they're, they're not like going to say you know
3: do you ever get bad. do you ever get stories of abuse
4: you know most of the people who hire me mm-hmm. um they oftentimes have rescued animals Right And sometimes they're sharing the animals are sharing you know some of what has happened to them prior to coming to them, and it can be very healing for the animals, you know, just like if a human had been abused and gone to some gone for some therapy, right it can be the same kind of thing, so it's kind of like more done for healing purposes um but I don't really i mean the kind of people that care this much about their animals to do this kind of work they don't usually have any any kind of um you know abuse issues that way
3: but do you ever help animals that are with people who really can't afford the help or the the cost of your services
4: um yes i do do some volunteer work um, and then i also have you know some things that i do to help my my biggest thing right now really is teaching so mm-hmm. i'm my my goal is to teach as many people as i can and many of the people that come to my trainings and are in my trainings are involved in rescues and that kind
3: of thing. All right, stand by. So We've got there's... to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. ExoNation, our guest this hour is Lynn McKenzie. Her website is animalenergy.com forward slash gifts. And uh, Lynn and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't forget, ExoNation, you can vote for Gwilda Wiaka, who is the host of the Science of Magic on the Exome Broadcast Network. She is up for a COVR award. And if you'd like to vote for Gwilda, visit www.xzbn.net and just click the Vote for Guilda" button that is right in front of you. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Don't forget, if you'd like to vote for Gwilda Wiecka, who, is up, uh, who has been nominated for a COVR award for her show, The Science of Magic, all you need to do is go to www.xibn.net, click on Vote for Gwilda, and every vote counts. Voting uh, goes until May the 28th, so you've got two days. Spread the word. It's a great show, and you can visit past archives and listen to past archives, I should say, from Gwilda's show as well as find out everything about her at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Lynn McKenzie is our special guest. We're talking about animals. So, Lynn, is it safe to say that you're like a lady version of Dr. Doolittle?
4: <laughs> yeah, I guess, you could, I guess you could say that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it.
3: Is there any animal that you cannot communicate with?
4: You know, I can't think of any, pretty much, I, you know, I, I'm a believer, and this is my philosophy, is that all animals have souls, and, mm-hmm. you know, we're connecting with them, just like humans, yeah. and we're connecting with them at a soul level. So I really, I mean, I've, I've spoken to iguanas, um, you know, all kinds, of, all kinds of animals that you, you know, might be surprised. <laughs> all right, what is, the, what is the
3: strangest animal that you've ever spoken to or communicated with?
4: Well, the iguana was pretty strange, because mm. I was I was in person with that iguana, and it was funny, because she had told me how old her iguana was, and I was having lunch, actually, in Toronto with a friend of mine um, before I went to that session, and I was telling him about it, because he was a little bit into reptiles, and he goes, you do realize this iguana's going to be about six feet long, right? <laughs> and I was like... No, not really. I thought it was a little. you know, I, I had no idea. Um, so that was a pretty strange one. And uh, you know, snakes. I've spoken to a tarantula in Sedona. I mean, tarantulas are commonplace out here.
3: Do the when when you get the information from, let's say, the snake, the iguana, and the tarantula, do you get the information the same way?
4: This. All beings can send it a number of different ways. They can actually speak in our language, you know. So if I happen to be Spanish, they could speak to me in Spanish because it's more like they're they're kind of going through this universal consciousness or something. Mm-hmm. But they also sometimes speak in things like they may, you may hear some music in your head or you may receive um, like pictures or symbols or um, just kind of like a knowing. Sometimes it's almost like transferred into your body like something you know but you have no way of knowing how you could know it and you know it, it's, obvi- it's kind of hard to um, get confirmation when it's a tarantula in the wild but one of the things that is great about doing it with domesticated animals is the people can give you confirmations of what you're getting from them like the duodenum in the case of that dog in, um, in Guelph
3: Listen, I I understand that one of your spirit guides is a stallion on the other side. Can you tell us a little bit more about this?
4: Yeah, there there's uh, Lucero is an Andalusian stallion. I call him an ascended master of the equine realm. He's like um, you know something. I think of him as something like you would think of Saint Germain or one of the the sort of
2: mm-hmm.
4: well known saints um, in in, um, in in the other on the other side. And I did actually meet up with him. He wasn't my horse but I did meet up with him physically when he was still alive. And he is a pretty amazing being that has, even, um, even after he crossed over, called meetings of healers in, um, in Ontario. He, he lived in Ontario, and he's called, he's called meetings together of healers to come together um, from all over the place. To all have, right, well, hold on, on here, meetings. hold on
3: here, hold on here. How can a horse call a meeting?
4: pretty funny um he he literally did it through animal communication through downloading information the person who had him had um received some information from him and they they were there was a bunch of them and he was saying you know invite this person invite that person all of this and i was in arizona at the time and she emailed me to say you know i know you can't be here because you're in arizona but He's calling this meeting, and he wants it to be on Friday night between 4 and 8, and it's, you know, a bunch of healers getting together. And he, he literally told her and others who he wanted to have at the meeting. And funny enough, I was going to be in Toronto that weekend teaching, and it was the only, uh, the only hours I had free the entire time I was there. And I was able to attend this meeting. It was pretty pretty crazy.
3: Uh, I, I'm having a bit of a problem with trying to understand how a how a horse can do this uh, you know yeah, why would he was the,
4: horse, he was in, he was the spirit of a horse on the other side at this point that's
3: even stranger i,
4: mean, I know it, it's pretty far out there and um but he basically i think of him as a being that is his only being his only reason for being i think in the physical plane when he was here was to promote this kind of work and to get more people involved in it and i think of him as one of the beings behind all the work i do as well as my previous you know my late golden retriever jigs and he he did it he, i mean he used to he, he, it's so it's funny what this horse used to do but it's it's phenomenal the different things i mean he would do it when he was on the physical plane too even before i met him he would kind of encourage her to have a certain meeting and she would do it and he would be there
3: no offense but how do you know that this lady just wasn't using the premise of the, the stallion in order to get people to attend these meetings.
4: Well, you know, it wasn't anything that if she had nothing to gain by anyone coming, <laughs> but, but um, he, it it was just it was just I, I mean, there's no way to, there's no way I can physically prove it, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but I, I completely trusted it because okay. he's one of the beings that I'm very connected
7: to.
3: So tell me, you can communicate with animals uh, on a spiritual level. Can you also communicate with humans?
4: Yes. Very often when I'm communicating with an animal, mm-hmm. oftentimes some of the um, maybe loved ones, of uh, human loved ones that are on the other side might come through in a communication um, just to share something. And sometimes they'll come through and share something that will be, you know, really meaningful for the person, you know, so they'll they'll really understand that, yeah, I do actually have a connection with maybe their mother or their brother mm-hmm. or something like that. Um,
3: have you ever been asked to go to a place where there seems to be an animal spirit haunting a location?
4: I haven't. You know, I haven't had mm-hmm. that, and I... I don't know if I really, I don't really know if I think an animal would haunt a place, so to speak. I mean, I think of the spirit realm as being all around us, right? And I I think of, you know, so I don't, but I I do understand that there are places where Mm -hmm. certain unhappy spirits are causing all kinds of grief and trauma for, for the people living there, but I don't know if an animal actually does that. I haven't had that experience.
3: Well, have you ever gone to any of the locations like Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where there was, where there was so much death and so much anguish in such a short period of time? Animals lost their lives. Uh, I'm just wondering if, um, if like there are reports of ghost soldiers and apparitions in Gettysburg, if you had ever, if you had heard of animal apparitions or animal ghosts, either at Gettysburg or anywhere else around?
4: Right. Well, I haven't been to Gettysburg, and mm-hmm. I, I haven't been to too many places like that, yeah. but I totally believe that there are apparitions. Like, I believe our animal companions, uh, and I, I believe all of our loved ones, when they, when they do make their transition to wh- wherever it is that they go, um, and I, I don't try to get everyone to believe what I believe, but I truly believe that they do come back to us, If we're open enough, and I feel like we all have the ability, so they do come back to us. And I've had clients of mine tell me, you know, their husband, who doesn't even believe in this, um, you know, saw their dog, walk through the bathroom when he was getting, you know, ready for bed one night or whatever, and it was just like an apparition of their dog. I've had a lot of those experiences myself, but my clients also have. Um, And it can can manifest in many different ways. It's not always just an apparition.
3: I had a black... um black uh, Himalayan and unfortunately the little gal passed away because of kidney uh, failure and I swear for about three weeks after I would catch a glimpse of, of Sammy in the corner of my eye. I 100%
4: yeah. believe it. You know it's it's so. It, it can be a glimpse. It mm-hmm. can be a feeling. I have. I was just. Um, I just did, was doing a Facebook live this last week, and one of my one of the people was writing on there that they they always feel that pressure at the side of her leg, uh, you know, from her cat that has crossed over recently. Mm-hmm. But the cat's back, and she can actually feel the pressure. And I've I've had, I've had my late golden retriever, um, mess around with electric. The electrical like. I had a dining room light fixture with five bulbs in it, mm-hmm. and he he like had three of them go off on off on off on off on right after he crossed. Only when I was walking through the dining room to get to the kitchen from the living room, you know, it only happened that one time, and he did it again. Well, that was in that was actually in British Columbia. I was in British Columbia then, and soon after that, I came down to Arizona, and he mm-hmm. did it in Arizona as soon as I got there, and that was the only two times that's ever happened to me. Right after he cross.
3: How would they do that?
4: You know, I truly believe that they have, when they're in the spirit realm, I believe that beings in the spirit realm just have abilities to catch our eyes in whatever way shape or form they they want to do it and i you know i can't exactly say the the uh, i can't give you the electrical reason because i don't know too much about electrical systems but i you know it's kind of bizarre that three of the light bulbs out of five would flash off on off on off on and it's not like like they didn't all just die the next day or anything you know
3: sure no I, i i i believe that
4: yeah,
2: a lot
3: of the good. phenomena, yeah. a lot of the anomalies, cannot be explained, mm-hmm. and um, it, it just—it just for every one answer, you get a thousand more questions.
4: Yeah, you do, you yeah. do, and you know, um, I, you know, with the experience you mentioned about your your late like, cat. Same, yeah. I'm I'm sorry about the loss. It's no, losing it's okay, an sweetie. animal is like gut, heart wrenching. Oh, um, but they. I, I truly believe they come back to us and they find whatever way they can do it mm-hmm. to let us know that they're okay. You know, the day my dog, um, ha- I had to have him euthanized. Mm-hmm. I mean, he couldn't breathe anymore. And, you know, someone said, well, as long as your dog can eat, you know, never never have them put to sleep. And I'm like, well, breathing is kind of important too. It is, know? yeah. He could eat fine, but he couldn't breathe. And, and the, it wasn't possible to even get him on oxygen oh permanently. Gosh. There's no such thing really for dogs at that time. And he actually came to my parents. They were actually weirdly enough, they were up in Tobermory, and he uh, just on a vacation. And it was their anniversary when he died. And they didn't really know that he was going to die that day for sure. And when I phoned them later at this cottage they were renting to tell them that he had he'd gone, they said like the most bizarre bird came to them. And they were after after the fact, they felt like it was him coming to them in Tobermory, and we were in British Columbia for this really, just to let them know. you know, It was a bird that they can't even identify. And they, they, they have books on birds, and they love birds, and follow birds. And it was a bird breed they'd never seen before.
3: My little cat, Sammy, passed on my birthday. It's just uh-huh. as if he held on long enough just to say goodbye. And the saddest part was he passed when we weren't home.
4: That happens a lot. First of all, there's two things that you just said that happen all the time, and I've got goosebumps running up and down my body because, you know, it's like Sammy's here with us right yeah. now. Um, and I really... I, animals cross on auspicious dates. You know, some, like I, I think somehow they, they they, will wait. Like you said, sometimes there's some kind mm-hmm. of energetic portal. I always Google the astrological significance of a date when an animal crosses over. All right, listen, I, I'm over.
3: going to have to ask you to hold on because we've... Sure. we've got to take our final break no problem but thanks a lot for joining us lynn I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying our conversation and lynn mckenzie and i will return on the other side of this break exonation as we wrap up this hour here but i've got a funny feeling that lynn's going to be with us again in the future i'm not a psychic but that is my prediction Mm-mm. for more information on lynn visit her website animalenergy.com forward slash gifts something special for each and every one of you don't go away ExoNation, Lynn McKenzie is our special guest to this hour, and uh, just in case you're joining us a little late, having practiced animal communication and animal energy healing since the early 90s with a following of 42,000 plus in 52 countries, Lynn McKenzie is an internationally acclaimed leader in the field. Her work has been featured in TV, radio, and print media for decades. And uh, to meet the demands of her clients, Lynn created her signature Animal Energy Certification Training Program. Her website is www.animalenergy.com forward slash gifts. And Lynn, as I said to you uh, during the break, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's a great pleasure talking to you. And, And as an animal lover, I appreciate the work that you do so much.
4: Oh, thank you. I, I I honestly feel like I was put on the earth to do this. I mean, my real estate mm-hmm. career was really successful. It was, you know, it was kind of a slog right. going from real estate <laughs> to this, but it was what I was meant to do, and and it's it's working out really amazingly now. And I I'm able to, I'm able to share this with people all over so that they can learn how to mm-hmm. do this because I really feel like everybody needs to know this, or as many that want to know really should open themselves to this even more because. Everyone can do it on some level.
3: Lynn, tell us about your course.
4: Yeah, so the way, uh, what I did was I've taught many courses over the years, Mm -hmm. you know, starting back in the early 90s. And I, what I really found was people did better in an immersion sort of setting. So I set up this training program that's about, it's, it's for people all over the world because mm-hmm. it's virtual. Right. But it's about five months long, but people can stay in it up to two years. So they get really, they get an amazing support group. We've got a forum. I have, you know, 10 lessons in the program. And then we also come together twice a month. To do live coaching and q and a calls, so, so between the forum and the live calls, they can disseminate the material they can um, they have time to ask questions about it, so they really understand it and assimilate it and it 's it 's a certification training program, so certification is optional but it 's something that is really comprehensive, and people could actually, if they wanted to, go out and create a business with what they 've learned or they can just do it for their own Animals, or many people who are involved in rescue that kind of thing. Who who, who come into the training? Right.
3: So, what would the people, what would your students learn uh, throughout your course?
4: Oh, they learn so many things. I have. Uh, they learn a healing system first mm-hmm. of all. That's for humans and animals. They learn that, so they can actually um, detect and clear imbalances and blockages in the in the energy field in the body. So that's one side of it, and that's extremely in depth. And then they learn the actual techniques um, for communicating with the animals. And there's all kinds of exercises, meditations. And um, then there's the theory, because I believe that, if we're going to learn to do something, even if it's something on the non-physical realm that's sort of hard to prove initially, mm-hmm. I feel that if we have the theory and understand what's possible, we, we're more able to stretch ourselves to get to that place. You Very know, whereas true. If we hadn't ever heard of it, like so if there's a listener listening tonight who's never heard of this, they might think that's completely impossible, and she's off her rocker. And then on the other hand, there's... Um, People who, you know, once you know that it's possible, and you start to open your mind and expand a little bit to it, it really becomes quite, um, quite, quite believable. And they they have each other to practice with. There's all kinds of exercises and practice mm-hmm. so they can get positive feedback without having to. Um, you know, without, with, with, without having to do it on their own animals, they can get feedback from the animals of strangers um, so that they, they can then know they're really getting it, they're not just making it up.
3: Well, I, I'll tell you one thing, Lynn. There is no one listening tonight who thinks you're strange or whacked. <laughs> no one. Because Great. here on this show, fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And people have, have heard stories and have heard people's testimonies. In every aspect of the spiritual paranormal uh, parapsychological world, so one of the favorite topics that that I love on this show is anything to do with animals, so nobody thinks you 're weird here honey <laughs>
4: great well that's I, yeah, yeah that's you know that's nice and that's wonderful and I'm more used to being amongst those types of people anyhow, but you know i I have had so many, uh, you know, if I can share one thing, sure, I had please. a client who had a Doberman pincher um, who could smell her moles, she had a, she got a lot of moles on her body and she mm-hmm. had a tendency to get some cancerous moles and she figured out very quickly that her Doberman pincher could smell her moles and tell her if they were cancerous before she even went to the doctor to have them checked, and, you know, biopsied or whatever. And weirdly enough, when that Doberman crossed over, that Doberman could do it telepathically wow. through me. She would say, okay, I have this mole here. Can you ask, you know, um, Lola, if she can check this mole for me, you know? And she could actually give her the accurate reading from the spirit realm. I mean, it's, there's just so many things that I have been exposed to that just couldn't possibly happen without this being
3: true what do some of the service dogs that you communicate with uh, say about their roles in life helping and working with humans for example animals that are that are brought into hospitals to interact with patients i've seen i've seen instantaneous changes in people's attitude in hospitals when they're brought a little guinea pig or a rabbit or a dog they just as soon as they see the animal, there's a change.
4: Yeah. These animals love it, first of all. They love their roles. It's, mm-hmm. not, for every, you know, it's not for every animal. Nope. I mean, it's like people. Like, if someone told me I had to do ballet, I probably wouldn't be so great at it. Um, but it's, it's like the animals who, who if that's their mission... And they they they'll find their way to doing it with somebody, and they'll they just they just love it. It's it's so rewarding for them, you know. Animals are as rewarded by the lives they have as we are by the lives we we have. And you know, for some animals, that might be being a lump on the sofa all day till their person comes home and just snuggling with them, <laughs> or you know, others it might be you know like riding across the ranch or whatever mm-hmm. it is they're doing. But they they absolutely um, they love what they do and they feel. So much, I mean, some of them even help, you know, the I, I believe some of them help the people who are crossing over yeah. be able to, you know, navigate that transition.
3: There's a hospital here in Hamilton, in the palliative ward, whenever there is someone that is going, getting ready to pass over, an apparition of a black dog is seen.
4: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's. I, I just read a story about that. There's a cat in a, in a hospice somewhere in the U.S., and I don't remember wh- whereabouts exactly, but there's a cat in the hospice, and whenever the person is going to pass that day, the cat comes to that person and sits on their bed. So, like, now everybody's all freaked out about it because it's kind of an omen yeah. that they're going to pass. But, I mean, some of these people, it's a blessing for them to pass because if they're in hospice, they're in, you know they're ready, they're in pretty, pretty um, rough shape or whatever, but the cat knows and, and literally um, orchestrates the whole transition or, or certainly helps, you know, it's almost like the cat's a director mm-hmm. or a helper for the whole transition, and it's really beautiful.
3: Based on your experience after communicating with all the animals that you have, what is your advice for the listening audience of the Exo Nation tonight? We've got about three minutes. When it comes to how best to take care of, and how best to communicate with their animal?
4: Really, to understand that all living beings are sentient. They all have this really amazing wisdom to share with humanity, and they all have something to share. So to to do whatever you can to be with them in a way that you can receive whatever it is that they have to bring you, if you can get yourself quiet enough, and, you know, and just be open and just allow what they have to come to you. It might just feel like energy flowing towards your heart. Whatever it is, you might know something, feel something, see something, hear something, smell something, whatever it is. Just allow that to come to you and really the relationship you have with your animals is going to expand like tenfold and really open up to something beautiful.
3: Um, one of the things that that I have said many times on airs before you adopt an animal, before you buy an animal, really give it a lot of serious thought. Because uh-huh. what you're doing is you're bringing this little life into your home, bringing this little life to be part of your family. And if you cannot afford the care that the little family member, new family member, will require, the walking, the exercise, the personal time that it, that a that you should spend with it, and everything else that is required of you to be a parent, and I'm putting that in air in error uh, quotes. Uh-huh. You should seriously, seriously decide against it. And, uh, during the during my venue with the SPC, I saw. So many animals. There was Nemo. There were so many clownfish that were given up. And then there were the Dalmatians. They're great when they're puppies, but a Dalmatian is a lot of work. It's a high-energy dog. And, you know, people think that these are just throwaway objects. They're not. They have feelings. They have hearts. They love uh, I
4: wouldn't I would no sooner give away an animal than I would uh you know a family member uh, a human family member like to me when an yeah. animal comes into my home no matter what they're there for life and they are I it's my my job to make it work.
3: Listen, you and I have got to say so long for now, uh but please do me a favor, come back again. I love the way that you I love your energy and I love what you do. So thank you for all the people out here who have animals and realize the importance of an animal intuitive so thank you so much
4: thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed it
3: now before you go away let our listeners know about your website
4: okay so the best place to go is if you want to receive some some freebies is animalenergy.com forward slash gifts or you can find me on Facebook under Animal Energy. We're actually redoing all the websites right now, and they're kind Mm -hmm. of hairy, but those two places are probably the best places to go right now.
3: Lynn McKenzie, take care of yourself. Great meeting you, and enjoy yourself in Sedona. Thank you. Night now. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the X Zone from our broadcast centre in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, vote for Gwilda Wiaka, the host of The Science of Magic at www.xzbn.net for her um, award that has been nominated by COVR. We'll be back on the other side of this break with the news. Don't go away.